Hey, what's up? We're Brave Youth, a youth movement happening all across Miami, starting at our home, Brave Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We can't wait to see how God's going to use it to change your life. Enjoy the message. and complete not lacking of anything if you lack of wisdom you should ask God who gives generously to to everyone without finding fault you know how good that is our God is so good but it says when you ask you must doubt and you must you must believe and not doubt that is one thing that most of us don't do we ask but then don't believe you get me So it says, that person that doubts should not expect anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. A double-minded person is a person with two minds. They are confused in their thoughts, in their actions, and in their behaviors. That is not something God wants. He wants someone that is willing to do his will. That they're willing to say yes to God. Because when you come to church saying you're Christian, but then leaving church and then doing something else, acting like if you're not a Christian, that's an unstable person. That's a person that is double-minded. For it says in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, would enter the, the kingdom of heaven, but only the people that do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Coming into his church does not mean anything to God. But going out there and doing the will of God, being able to step into faith and doing everything that he says, that's what he wants. So it says in James 1st, verse 12, Blessed is the one who continues under trials because having stood that test, that person will receive the crown of life that, Lord, that the Lord has promised to the one who loves him. The person that continues under trial, under everything that they're going through and continues and doing the will of God is a person that will be blessed, is a person that will be highly favored. Because a lot of us just expect to be blessed, to be highly favored. They expect all these things from God. They're mad at God. But then they step out of these doors and they don't do the will of God. How is that happening? For it says that we just need more people to step out there, pick that narrow road that God has for us, to be able to do his will and be able to just go all in with him. For it says in Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 14, you could, enter, you could enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide. For many choose it. You know how sad that is? But the, but the gate to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. Only a few find it. The road is difficult, don't get me wrong. And our targets do get bigger on our back because the devil's gonna wanna just come to steal, kill, and destroy everything we have. But going out there, we have God's hand over us. We are there protected by God. But these are three ways that could help you in that difficult road. It's uh, Number one, stop chasing what the world has for you and just go all in with God. Because going all in with God, he will bless you. He would put your family to another standard. He will give you peace. He will give you so many things. Something, something that the devil does, he tempts us with something so beautiful on the outside but so rotten in the inside. Like, like money. Money is one thing. You go all in for money. You want to repay your family. You want to go all in for your family. You want to be able to buy them houses, all of this. But while you're chasing that money, you're going to forget to love them. You're going to forget to be with them. You're going to forget to have time with them. You get me? So number two, choose to love. When you get into an argument, choose love. That person is going to turn around and be like, damn, like I can't, I can't be like that. Like why can't I be like Vanessa? Why can't I love like Vanessa? But that's not me. That's all God. When you choose love, that's what he's choosing. That's what he is. 
Number three, have patience. That's one of the hardest things. I have brothers that test my patience all the time. But it gets to the point that when you have patience and you're going through and you're doing the will of God through every single fight, God will bless you. Because he's, what he's doing is that he's testing your faith. He's testing on what you're going to do during that, during that time of waiting and having patience. So I challenge you guys tonight to choose that narrow gate, to choose God's will, to just watch him change and bless everything you have. But right now we're going to go into a time of worship and I just want to pray us all in. Dear God, I thank you again for this amazing opportunity. (laughs) I thank you again for this amazing opportunity. I pray that we stop chasing money or whatever the world has to offer. And we just start chasing you, my Lord. I pray that all mind wars are gone and we're able to think clearly. I pray for all the double-minded people in this room that that we we just give you all control for the next two weeks, my God. That we notice the, the changes and the blessings that you have done, my God. I pray that as we enter this time of worship that you may speak to us and the Holy Spirit may fill us, my God. I pray that all of us in this room say yes to you and we just allow you to just change our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Let's go, brave you! What's up, Brave Youth? How are you guys doing today? Wow, that's so awesome. For those of you guys that don't know me, my name is Bree. Um, I feel so honored to be able to be on this stage and talk to you guys. I just want to honor my pastors, Pastor Darrison and Pastor Whitney, for believing in me to be on this stage. So, guys, let's just, pre- let's just prepare our hearts for a time of giving right now. Um, so the title of my message is called hopscotch. So before I start, I want to pray and then go right into the message. So thank you, God, for the people in this room, God. I pray that you will just speak through me, God, that every word that is spoken, God, will not be a word from my heart or my mind, God, but that it'll be a word directly from you, my God. I thank you for the revival and the breakthrough that's going to happen today. And all God's people said? All right. So does anybody remember when they were a kid and they would get a piece of chalk and start writing the boxes and the numbers on them to play hopscotch? And then how you would jump with one foot up and then with the two boxes, you'd put both feet down. With one box, you would kind of not be super stable. You would be a little flimsy. But then with both feet on the ground, you were sturdy and you were still. That's exactly how people are when they first get saved. After their first encounter with God, they go back into their schools and they go back into the way that they were living their life. They're at school and people don't even know they're Christian. But then when they're here at church, they play church and they act like they're the perfect person. It's tough to hear, but I've been there. I've been exactly where you are. But what if instead of being one foot in and one foot out, what if you just stepped into what God has called you to? What if you just stepped into and you just dove into what, to what God wants to do in your life? In 1 John 2, 15 through 17, it says, Do not love the world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. 
This world is temporary. It's not forever. The only thing that lasts forever and the only thing that's eternal is the love of the Father and it's heaven. What if instead of letting ourselves be in between the world and between what God has for us, we just dove head in first and we trusted in God and we gave him our all. The world makes you happy for a moment and then you're asking yourself, what's next? My first point is the world shows the surface, not the core. When you're in the world and you're doing the things it has to offer you and you're not walking in the will of God, it's, it may look beautiful, but it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy you. It doesn't, it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't give you joy. If the, if the world were a person... The outside would look so beautiful, but the personality would be so ugly. The enemy loves to make the world look beautiful because if it were, if it appeared the way it was on the inside, you wouldn't walk towards it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't seek it the way, and it, you wouldn't think of it the way that you do. The enemy makes the world look so beautiful because he knows what attracts your eye, and he knows what's going to reel you in and he has bait for you as if you're a fish but you need to you need to tell the enemy that he is under your feet and he has nothing on you god never intended for you to live confused but he intended for you to know him he intended for you to know the goodness and how much he loves you and that all you need to do is just give it all to him my second point is the world keeps you from the kingdom of god plain and simple if I come to church and then I play church and then I go inside the world into my schools and I pretend like I don't even know God what am I doing like we know the goodness of God we've all had an encounter with God God is knocking on the doors of our hearts and all we need to do is let him in it's it's just as okay how many foodies do we have in here okay so you have your fridge and sometimes, you know, food rots, and it's not, it does not smell nice. It smells really disgusting. And <laughs> let's say you have to go grocery shopping, and you go and you buy the fresh food, and then for some reason, you're trying to stick the fresh food in with the rotten food. Why are you doing that? After a certain point, with the f you are not only going to leave the fridge stocked, but the fresh food is going to start smelling and looking like the rotten food. Holding on to the rotten things in life, you don't, you don't get to bear and you don't get to hold on to the good fruits that God is trying to give you. You run back to the world because that's where you were comfortable at first. That's what you're used to. My third point is the world makes you comfortable. When you're out in the world, you feel a sense of comfort because Life seemed easier when you were out in the world because before you had an encounter with God, you weren't getting attacked as much. And then once you had your encounter with God, you're, there was a target on your back because God knew that you have purpose and the enemy was so scared because he doesn't want you to find the purpose that God has placed on you. He doesn't want you to fulfill the calling and he doesn't want you to walk in the vision that God has placed on you. I've noticed 
that it's when things start going wrong after you've had your encounter with God is when the enemy attacks and that's when you go running back because you're scared. But what if you pushed past the fear? What if you pushed past whatever you're scared of and you're just like, God, I give it to you. I'm trusting you with everything because fear cannot hold you back unless you let it. The enemy is scared of the calling on your lives. The enemy is scared of the Jesus in you. And he's going to turn the world against you. But they're not hating on you. They're hating on, they're hating on the Jesus that's inside of you. What were, what's the worst that would happen if you just walked into what God is giving you? What's the worst that could happen if you were... If you just trusted in God and you didn't let the fear hold you back. So as we go, as I close and we go into a time of giving, I just want to challenge each and every single one of you guys. Give it to God. Imagine the breakthrough you would have if you just gave it all to him. In, in Psalms 34, 8, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. God can give you something that the world can never give. He has peace for you. He has fulfillment for you. He has joy for you. He has love for you. He... I'm not telling you guys to give your money. I know that we're teens and we don't all have jobs. But I'm... <laughs> but give your time. Serve. Do 21 days of prayer. Like... Dedicate your time to God, and not only will he give you that, but he's going to give you more, and he's going to give you a life full of abundance and a life full of prosperity. So with every um, eyes closed and head bowed, Jesus, I thank you for this day. Father God, I thank you for the people in the room. God, thank you for the words that needed to be said. And God, Father God, I just pray that you would just bless the giving, that you will bless the people who gave and even the people who didn't give God and that whoever wants to step into what you have in store for them my God I pray that they will just step into it head first my God in your mighty name I pray amen what it do baby what's up guys man were the other interns so good Come on. You know, before I start, I just want to give thanks to Pastor Darrison and Pastor Whitney just for giving me the opportunity this summer and inviting me into this amazing family. So I love you guys. Thank you. So quick question, quick question. Raise your hand if you have a What Would Jesus Do bracelet. Okay, that's a lot. Now, how many of you guys would actually do what Jesus did? You see, Jesus was the epitome of God's love. If you want to base your morals on someone, base it on Jesus, not some celebrity. <laughs> come on, come on. So the title of my message is this, what would Jesus do? My first point, write this down if you're taking notes, choose to love. As a Christian, we have to make demonstrating the love of Jesus our number one priority. You could, you could do that by having your friends come over to your house or something, offer to babysit, and you, you, could, you could share your McDonald's fries. Come on. Can I get an amen? 
So those are, those are just like few examples, few little things that could just bring up like love in your daily life. So if it, those small things can mean a world to someone, just imagine the love of God when they discover it. It says, Jesus himself says in John 13, 34, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you, you should love each other. The way the world comes to know about the love of Christ is through the Christian community. So as a Christian community, as a Christian community, the love that, the love that we share has to build, it builds the capacity to care about what another person may be experiencing. So turn to your neighbor and say, I care about you. Listen to this, guys. If you have the opportunity to do good things for people, you have to make it a moral obligation to do those things. Let me say that one more time. If you have the opportunity to do good things for people, you have to make it your moral obligation to do those things. One time, like one time I was leaving the mall, right? And this lady, she was on one of those electric wheelchairs and her purse, her purse fell out and all her items. And I could have just chosen to ignore her, but I chose to go and help her pick up her things. And since I had the ability to do so, I did. Simple acts like that, guys. So in 1 Peter 4, 8, it says, most important of all, listen to that, guys, most importantly, it says, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. In other words, if you love fervently, it becomes difficult for sin to develop. It also says in Micah 6, 8, it says, No, people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. Do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so that leads me to my second point. Leave behind a humble residue. You see, humble people, they leave behind a residue of God, not themselves. In Proverbs 27, 2, it says, let someone else praise you, not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. Because as, as soon as you start praising like yourself, you forget to praise the Lord. And never replace God praise with self-praise. See, the very things that someone could be boasting about themselves was given to them from our God. In 2 Corinthians 10, 17, as scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. So if you're going to brag about something, just brag about how good God is. It's, it's just that simple. Come on. I have a challenge for you guys. I challenge you guys to love to help, love humbly, and for whatever situation you may be in, that the first thought that comes into your mind is, what would Jesus do in this situation? And so before I close, I, just, I would just like to send us off in a prayer. So with every eye closed and just bow your heads. God, right now, I pray for every person in this gym, God. I pray, I pray that, that they will just apply those two principles in their lives, God. I pray that you will give us a humble reminder every day and in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, yeah. amen and amen. Hey, what is up, Brave You? Hi, guys. So, um... My name is Camila. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Um, I just first want to honor my pastors. Thank you guys so much for believing in me. I truly believe that God gave me a word for you guys. So let's just get right into it. I'm going to pray first. God, we just, I just thank you for this opportunity, God. I pray that you just speak through me, God. Lord, that you have your way, God. And Lord, that this may just be your stage, God. Let it not be my words, but your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on. So the message, the title of my message is highs and lows. And in our life, 
we'll have high and low seasons, times where we'll be at the top, um, just super on fire for God, and then times where we'll just be at our lowest point in just being, like, just sad and just discouraged. Um, and I just want to talk to you guys about a time that I went through. In the beginning of summer, um, my mom had told me that, I was moving, that we were going to move to Texas, and I was like, what? Like, no, I don't want to move to Texas. I've lived my whole life here, and I, I don't want to move. Um, so that just began to build up walls in my heart and rebellion towards God because I was like, why are you doing this to me? Like, there's millions of people, and he chose me, and I was just so sad and just so discouraged. Um, so I just kept going on, and I was just mad at God. And then um, it came to the point where I went to New York and for the, the New York mission trip, and we went to... We were in lunch, and Pastor Derson told me, surrender your problems to God and see what he will do. And so that night, I just surrendered it to God, and he just truly began to just work in me. So then I got back home, and my mom had told me, um, we're not moving to Texas. Like, we're staying here. So I was like, wow, God, you're so, so faithful. So that just leads me to my first point. Remember who God is. When you're in times of difficulty, when you are sad, when you are mad, just remember who God is. Remember God is faithful. God is good. God is just so amazing. He's a God of promises. He knows you, and he knows who you are. And that just leads me to my second point, be still. When you are discouraged, be still. In Psalm 37, 7, it says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. And, and sometimes, like, when we feel discouraged, we'll be like, oh, my gosh, God, like, react. Like, what is going on? So I just want to tell you guys, just stop, breathe, and just really lean it back to God and just be still in his presence and just pay attention to him. And that leads me to my third point, trust God. In the hard times, trust who, who God is. In 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord, the Lord says, isn't it, isn't, really being, isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think? No, he is patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. So that just leaves me with just surrender. Surrender your problems to God. Surrender everything um, that you are struggling with to God, and you'll see what he will do. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God knows you. God knows your path. God knows what he has ahead of you, so don't be worried when you're in just hard times. So my challenge is just simply trust in God. When you're going through hard times, just trust God and what the plan he has for you. So I'm just going to close out in prayer. God, we just thank you, God, for this moment. God, I pray that you just implant this message into their hearts, God, or that you speak, God, and that you that they may just leave, God, knowing that you have a plan, God, and you have a purpose, Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you, God, for who you are, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What is up, Brave Youth? All right. Um, my name is Jay. I just want to honor our, my pastors, our youth pastors. All right. And just, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. Um, so um, the title of my message is Praise Over Problems. Uh, every day, like in life, we face these challenges. Like we go through things on a daily, and it can be like at home with our friends, at, at work. 
and every one of us, like, we have these challenges, but the way we deal with our challenges is how we determine our outcome. And I have a question for you guys. Um, what comes out of you when the pressure comes in you? <laughs> do you praise God or do you ask him to change your circumstances? <laughs> Many times we don't feel like praising God, like, when we're going through it. We're, we're like, why would we praise God? Like, there's no reason, like... My life's going terrible. But those very moments are the moments you need to praise him the most because he will show you his faithfulness when you are faithful to him. <laughs> and in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it says, All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And I wanted to share a time where I was really, like, struggling to tr praise God, like, when I was going through something. And there was a time where I had, like, wrist pains that I, like, when I would play the piano, as I play here. And I, like, it would just not go away. So I went to go get it checked, and my doctor was like, oh, it will go away soon. So I was just, like, waiting, like, any day now. And um, so, like, he said that he could, I couldn't play for more than 15 minutes. But I was like, what am I going to do? I play here all the time. But I was just like, I'm going to stay faithful, and I'm just going to praise God for my healing ahead of time. And at camp, there was an altar call for healing, and I went up, and I was faithful. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to get this healing tonight. And um, I was praying, and like, I didn't get it right away. And I was just like, you know what, like, let's just keep going. I'm not leaving. And uh, so I just started praising God again because I was doubting him. And I was like, I didn't doubt him all this way just to like, not have it. And after that, I started praising him, and, like, I got healed physically from my wrist. And I learned to praise God through every situation because I know he's in control. Like, through my praise comes my breakthrough, and because I know my, my God has power, and there's power in my praise, and there's power in your praise as well. And we may ask, why are we going to praise if there's, like, there's no reason to? But in Psalms 71, 14, it says, as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. And this leads to my first point on why we should praise is because the battle's already won. And we can get caught in the trap of the enemy by choosing the wrong point of focus, like when we're going through something. But when praising God in situations, we change our focus from the problem to the problem solver. And instead of acknowledging like the fact that like things are happening for the good, we tend to think like this is just never going to happen. Like, it's never going to get better. But we have to stop listening to the enemy's lies and get ready and for our battle and get ready for the battle that, and the victory that we have from God. And in Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And it's about having an attitude of gratitude and rejoicing in God's goodness through it all. Whether it doesn't feel good, but it, you have to do it because God will show you and switch your situation up. And when you praise, joy will follow it. If you, like, pour out your praise, joy will come right after it, and God will provide that for you. And we have to remember that our God never changes. He's promised us to never leave us, and he will always be there. And we have to count on his presence, even when our emotions can't accept it. So my second point on why we should praise is because the enemy trembles to our praise. The enemy can be troubled in can bring trouble onto your life, but you can bring trouble more onto his when you start praising God, when you start glorifying him, his name. And the devil can't do anything but tremble when you call upon our God's name because he knows the power and authority that our God has. So when we praise, it's not about praising in front of here in the crowd or like doing it in front of others, but it's about doing it behind closed doors. It's when you're doing it like when you're crying in your room or when you're thinking about life or in an argument or when life is all good. It, you have to praise 
in closed doors, and God will honor that. That's like we stand in gratitude, even when like, we can't see the end result of our victory. And, um, and one last verse I have is Psalms 145, verses 2 and 3. It says, I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure to his greatness. So I challenge you guys today to just praise God and thank him for your current situation. Whether it's good or bad, thank him that he's going to change it and have faith that he will switch up your situation. And know that he's in control. And when you have hope in God, he will be faithful. So let's pray. Um, God, I thank you for this message. I praise you right now for everything you have planned for our future. I pray right now that every single person has the heart to praise you in, in their situation. I pray right now that you take control and you put your hand in our lives. In your name I pray, amen. So my name is Andy, and for some of you who do know me, I have a huge fear of being on stage. Ironic. Um, so, like, every, for camp testimonies or for conference testimonies, I would just immediately start crying because I just get super nervous. Basically saying that getting out of your comfort zone is something that we all struggle with, which leads me to the title of my message, which is get out. I wanted to read Deuteronomy 31, which is when God is talking to Moses, saying that his time with the Israelites is ending and to pass that leadership up to Joshua. Um, if you have your Bibles out. Um, Deuteronomy 31, verse 3. But the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will, be, he will destroy the nations living there, and you will take possession of the land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. At this point, everyone's like most likely figuring out like what's going on. Why is Moses leaving? Like Joshua's most likely figuring out too, being told like, you're going to lead them. And, but if you keep reading on in verse 6, it says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So at that point, he's saying, like, calm down. Everything's going to be fine. I have everything under control. The nation's there. I got this. You don't have to worry. Just do, what as, do as I say and everything will be fine. Which leads me to my second point, which is there's a reason why God chose you. Um, verse 7 through 8. Then Moses called for Joshua as all Israel watched. He said to him, be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord has swore to their ancestors you would give them. You are the one who would, you are the one who would divide it amongst their as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Just reading that, it just gets me thinking. Like, let's say if we're in school right now, and God just tells you, go talk to the kid in front of you and say, God loves you. And we have the mentality thinking, like, oh no, my friend's gonna do it. I'll do it later. I'm gonna get embarrassed because everyone obviously doesn't know what's happening. But what if that kid has ever been told that God's loved them, that someone loves them? Just because so many things happening at home that their parents just, just didn't care about them at all. And I just want to end it with a challenge saying, just say yes to God, because your yes could lead to someone's salvation. So I wanted to pray us out. Pray, pray us out. Close your head. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. Um, God, I pray right now that you just release fear and anxiety and you just fill every student with strength and courage that they just say yes to you as you guide them. In your name I pray, amen. Yo, what's up, man? I want, I'm Ashley. I want to start off by really thanking my leaders in my life and just my pastors for trusting me to being on this stage because it's a privilege. Um, I have a question. You guys are probably going to all raise your hand. Uh, who has heard the verse Jeremiah 29.11? Now, who has really, really, like, looked up, like, the true meaning of Jeremiah 29.11? 
All right. Uh, we see this verse a lot in pictures and bios. People say all the time, they're like, yeah, I know the plans that God has for me, this and that. But they're like, like, the question is like, do you really, really know the true meaning of it? Do you really know what that verse means? Do you live by that verse? Which brings you to my title, which is, it's a lifestyle. So we're going to start off by reading Jeremiah 29, 11 through 12. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me, come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. As a kid, I was like, man, I want to live up to my dad's legacy to make him proud. To be in a professional athletic like player. Like I want to be professional like he was. So since the age of two to recently, I would like bust my butt, train like day in, day out, and just try to make my dad as proud as I can as far as he is. And God came and he was like, why are you letting people, circumstances dictate where you're going to go if I've called you to more? Which brings me to my first point. Don't let your circumstances dictate where you go and how far you go. Clearly in this verse, God is telling you he knows the plans he has for you. He knows. He declared that he knows the plans he has for you. He's not whispering to you. He's not saying, hey, I think I know the plans I have for you. No, he knows the plans he has for you. But the question that he's asking is, are you going to trust him or are you going to trust the world? So are you going to trust God to take you where he wants, to, where he knows that you're going you're gonna to excel in or are you going to go where the world guesses that you belong? God is like our GPS. It's a weird thing to compare, but God is our GPS. He's guiding us to where our des final destination is going to be at. Not the world, not the mistakes, not the mistakes you've done in your past or that you will make. But those mistakes and those, like, your past, the thoughts, all of that, that's traffic that you're going to hit, that the enemy is going to use to derail you, to, to take you on a shortcut, but that shortcut is really going to be something that's going to take you longer to get to your final destination. I remember I was using the Waze app, and I was trying to get from the Kendall campus over here, and it sent me through the fastest route, but I got stuck in a 45-minute drive traffic because I decided to pick the fastest route instead of taking the route that had no traffic, but it took a couple more minutes. I ended up taking an hour instead of 15 minutes to get here. And that's the devil's goal. His goal is to either elongate our route to our final destination or to take you completely out of the equation. Which leads me to my second point. Be resilient no matter how big the battle. Resilience means the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, bouncing back from difficult situations. Let's look back at verse 29, 13-14. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. God is saying, hey, praise me with all your heart, not half of it. He's not saying, hey, give me 25%, give me 50%. He's saying, give me all your heart. All means 100. It doesn't mean 99. It doesn't mean 98. It means 100. I'm going to give you an example. So a basketball. You fill up a basketball, 50% of air. You drop the basketball, it's going to bounce up to here. Fill it up with 100. It's going to bounce up to here or up to here. Same thing as us. Put yourself in the situation where you're giving God 50%. You're going to find him, but is he going to give you your all, his all? 
The same way if a friend is asking you to help them in something and you're giving everything and like everything you could do to them. Like you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to keep you accountable. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep like we're going to do devotionals. But they're giving you 50 percent. They're depending on you for everything for you to do all the work. But they want the help. That's how God feels. God is saying you guys want me to help you, but you guys don't want to do what you got to do to get that. I have two questions for you guys. What circumstances are you letting dictate where you go and how far you go? And what Bible verse do you leave as an an inspirational quote instead of taking it as a lifestyle? Just let that marinate and just really think about it because it might be the little small things that are holding you back from seeing the big things. So I challenge you guys today to answer these two questions throughout the week. Really take time and really answer these questions. Challenge you to dig into God's word and not let the world guide you, but let God guide you to your destination. Be resilient against every single battle that comes against you. That comes against you. Another thing is take a verse, own the verse, and live the verse. It's a lifestyle. It's not something that we advertise. So before I close, before I close, I want to pray us out. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear God, I want to thank you for every person in this room, God. This was all for a purpose, God, not a coincidence, God. I just pray that we stop allowing our circumstances dictate where we go, God, because you are your GPS, God. You are the person that knows what are the best plans for us. I just pray that we trust you every step of the way and that we have the strength to bounce back and seek you. God, I pray that we don't just read your word, God, that we just don't advertise your word, God, but that we live your word, God. We live by your word, God. I just pray a protection over our hearts, God, over our minds, God. We love you, God, and we thank you for what you're going to do in advance, God, in our lives, God. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Love you guys. Great job. Come on, right now, can we just lift up a shout of praise to God for how good he's been today? Yeah, come on, right now, let's just worship God. God, you are so worthy. If everybody would stand up to your feet with me today. Man, come on, one more time. Can we clap it up for every single intern that took the stage today? Incredible. Just incredible. How many of you think that you would be able to get up on this stage and preach like they preach? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I ain't seen no hands going up. Yeah, yeah. I started crying in the back because Pastor David called. He said, hey, I saw on Instagram all the interns preaching, and they're better than you, so you're fired. No, man, I'm joking. Hey, phenomenal. And I love it because when you look at these interns and you say, man, how, did, how were they able to do that? How were they able to get up on stage in front of 120 people, 130 people in the room today and, and deliver the word of God in the manner that they did? You see, I believe it's because they said this one simple word back to God when he asked them a question. They just said yes. Come on, how many of you guys want to say yes to God tonight? Yeah, I love it because really, when, when you dumb down everything and, and the, the accumulation of everything that we have done this summer with these summer interns, all we've said is yes to God. And we've just been obedient to the things that he called us to. He said, hey, I need you to go uh, wash some cars. You know what we said? We said, yes. They said, hey, I need you to go pick up trash around the building so that people can drive onto this campus and be, say, oh, man, I've never been to a church that's so clean. And so, you know what we said? We said, yes. And then they said, hey, can you go upstairs and can you clean the, the bathrooms? Anybody ever been in these bathrooms? Okay, listen, we're working on it, okay? Just give us time. We'll work. But they said, hey, I need you to go scrub the toilets. And I went out, hey, go scrub the toilets. You know what they would say? They would say, Yes. 
And then I said, hey, I, I need you guys to preach an intern takeover. And then you know what they said? Well, they, they started crying first. And then they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. They started wiping the tears. They were like, yeah, we'll do it. But you see, the reason God can use them the way that he did tonight is because they said yes to God. I don't know where you're at today, and I don't know what kind of lifestyle you've been living. I don't know if you've been walking with God and talking with God, and you guys are homies. I don't know if you've been walking away from God, and you don't talk to God, and you're like, ooh, I know who God is, but like, we ain't like that. Or maybe you're in this room tonight, and you're like, man, you know what? I've never even heard the name of Jesus before. Here's what I came to tell you. Whether you're in that category, this category, or that category, I believe this. I believe God can use anybody that is willing to say yes to God. Come on, with every head bowed and every eye closed as we, as we pray one more time today. If you're in this room today, maybe you've been walking with God, but, but your relationship has been a little bit broken. Maybe you've walked away from him. Maybe you haven't been serving him the way that you would have liked to. Or maybe you're in another group and you're saying, man, I don't know this Jesus, but I want to know this Jesus. I want to know that Jeremiah 29, 11 verse, that I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for a hope and a future. And right now I'm feeling hopeless, but I need to chase after some hope. Can I remind you today that hope has a name and his name is Jesus and he came down to earth to die on a cross for you so that you could live and not perish so that you could have an eternal life in heaven with him come on if that's you today and you say man I want I want that kind of relationship I want to be used by God the way these interns have been used by God all summer long I want to say yes to God maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time but if that's you on a count of three I just want you to raise your hand one two three come on raise your hand all across this room one two three four come on five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen come on anybody else anybody else eighteen in the back praise God Praise God. Come on. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you repeat this prayer after me? I believe that this will be the greatest prayer, the greatest request that you will ever make in your entire life. This is the greatest decision in the world. Say, dear Jesus, I love you. I choose to serve you. I believe that you died and rose again. Would you forgive me of my sins? I trust in you. Fill me with faith. Fill me with hope. Fill me with a new purpose. I give you my life. I say yes to you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on. Can we give God a shout of praise? Jesus. Come on. Hey, before we break today, you guys can go ahead and be seated. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. Hey, um. Do you guys want to? You guys want to have a dance party tonight? Uh, we're gonna have a dance party. Okay, so so play a song after this. Hey, listen, we got a few announcements to make because summer is almost over. Aw, turn to your neighbor, say aw. Turn to the other neighbor, say aw. Get all up in their grill. Breathe that hot breath on them. <sighs> Summer's almost over, but guess what? Not a brave youth, baby, because we turn up all year round. Okay, so I want to tell you about some cool opportunities coming up. Listen, in two weeks, everybody say two weeks. Come on, it is senior night here at Brave Youth. So here's what I need. We're going to give away a gift card to the person that can come best dressed as a senior citizen. Okay, I'm talking like gray hair, wheelchair, all that. Okay, the little pee bag hanging out the side. 
All right. Uh, and seniors, make sure that you're here. There's going to be a VIP section just for you. We're going to have some food just for you. And we got a free gift that we want to give to you. Also, everybody say SummerSlam. SummerSlam is coming up, baby, and it is going to be a block party like never before. After senior night on Thursday, August 15th, we are going to be meeting at Tropical Park at 5 p.m. There's going to be free food, free games. We're going to be playing trash ball. Come on, how many of you love trash ball? Yeah, trash ball. Yeah, we're going to be playing flag football. Come on, see who the dopest football player is out there. We're just going to be hanging out. We're going to be grilling out. Make sure that you're there. Invite every single person that you know. Also, 21 days of prayer. Prayer and fasting is coming up. It's going to be incredible. It starts this Sunday, so make sure that you don't miss it. Listen, are we ready to party? Uh, are you guys ready to party one more time? Come on, come down to the front. Let's party. Dear Jesus, I love you, God. I praise you. God, as we get ready to worship, Lord, I pray that the roof would fall, that chains would fall, that freedom would rise, that hope would rise. Oh, Jesus. Let's do this. Thing. Are you guys ready? Let's get it! Thanks for hanging out with us. If you like this message, hit subscribe and stay connected by visiting us at brave.guide. We'll see you next time. And remember, no turning back. The best is yet to come.